morning. Today we're going to be talking about why we are all so dumb. Let me think. I'm not dumb. Yeah, you are. Here we go. Uh, why we, including you, are so dumb. <laughs> we, uh, it's not like we are born. You think about occupations and jobs. It's not like we are born to do any specific occupation in this uh, created human society where many of the specific occupations have existed for less than a generation. You think of, well, I don't need to, uh, you know this. Right? Though one could think or, or argue that since humans are presumably the result of natural selection, and natural evolution, then everything we create is therefore also a result of natural selection and natural evolution, including the jobs and careers and things that uh, we do as a society, which wouldn't be wrong. But that still doesn't mean that we evolve to genetically have some form of career. You don't have a destined job. Now, that we think, uh, we think of humanity separately from all other life and nature. It's a bizarre uh, phenomenon. Why, why do we do that? You know, do we think that we are not naturally evolved? Do we think that we didn't naturally come from this planet? Right? Obviously. Well, I shouldn't say obviously. Maybe we didn't. Right? There are people who think that we didn't come from this planet. There are people that think that gods and aliens or whatever uh, created us. But under the hypothesis that we evolved from snot on this planet, maybe we've been genetically modified, maybe not, but just going under the assumption that we have evolved from snot on this planet, um, I mean, I mean, we could have we could have been created by these gods and aliens and. Uh, and you think of, uh, you know, made from twigs or out of creeks or out of mud or whatever the, the crazy uh, ideas people came up with, you know, hundreds of years ago. Probably not even thousands, probably just a few hundred. Uh, but going from the assumption that we evolved uh, from snot and that there are two major um, ways to program the human mind. One is nature, the other is nurture. Either we're hardwired genetically, it's not an either or, it's the concepts that come to us that, that we know of are either hardwired into us genetically or we are taught things. Now, again, it's not an either or, we are both, right? It's and. So given that it likely takes thousands of generations for us to evolve and develop new instincts, um, then it would take a long time for our our nature to uh, our our genetic hardwiring to program us towards, say, a specific career. Never mind that our spawn rarely do the same career as the parent, or that uh, jobs are changing faster than our evolution can program us. The only Rational conclusion is that there is no job or career that you were destined to do. Our genetic wiring takes uh, 
an epoch to change and the various careers available change every generation or today they change quicker than a generation as people should expect to have more than one career uh, in their lifetime, depending on what you do. I mean, there will always be, well, even if you're in a field, your field may change so much that it is for all intents and purposes a new career, even though it may have the same title with the, with the, the on-job training and the constant retraining that, that occurs. So my hypothesis is that humans have hardwired archetypes of characters or jobs. So now you say, what the hell? You just said we aren't hardwired for jobs. Yeah, well, I think we're not hardwired to be a postman. <laughs> I think there are other, it's a bigger concept. You can think of uh, an archetype as just meaning the definition of something, like the definition of a hero or the definition of a type of person. Like for a bee, like I said in my last uh, podcast that was banned, or they took the title down on YouTube. I can't remember which, if it was that one or one before, it doesn't matter. So a, uh, the, a bee, an archetype, uh, could be a guard bee at the entrance of the hive or forager, forager bee that goes and collects and forages and collects uh, nectar or propolis or, or whatever, right? junk that they need to bring back to the hive which probably isn't it isn't that too many things but it is wax and or uh, things to create wax with where the hell do they get wax from i think they actually have a gland where they produce wax so they have to eat stuff in order for the their body to metabolize it to get sideways all right so you can think yeah uh the way bees work is that if there's a uh, shortage of a uh, a guard uh, the next in line will fill uh, that position. The younger bee will take that position. Now, uh, from my beekeeping days, I can't recall the exact progression as it wasn't critical to know this, but it, it may not be the same for all bees, but for, or colonies or, or types of bees. But for simplicity's sake, let's just say that a bee is born and they, uh, and they are, uh, their, their first job is to take care of the queen. And uh, when there are more brood or more uh, spawn, more more bees being born, uh, and there are too many young bees now taking care of the queen, the older ones start cleaning. And uh, the younger ones continue cleaning that or working, helping the queen, whatever they do, right? And then when there are uh, too many of the cleaners or not enough bees, say, guarding the entrance, then the older ones who are doing the cleaning will now become the guards. That's a more dangerous job, right? They could, another type of bee or insect may come into the hive and they might have to fight them to the death to protect the colony. So it's a dangerous job. The, the level of danger increases as we go. And if there's not enough uh, defenders at the entrance to the hive, um, well, yeah, I already said that. So the other ones will take their position. So now what's the next step is foragers. So those guys, if there's not enough bees coming back, the guards will take off and become foragers because that's an even more dangerous position. And they're the even older bees. So the older the bee gets, the more dangerous the job is uh, until they ultimately become foragers and collect until they die or are killed because it's very dangerous outside the hive. It's more secure to be a guard. 
more dangerous to be a forger. Anyways, the point it's not it's not just the danger aspect. The point is that they have these archetypes of different jobs: the queen groomer, the cleaner, the guard, and the forager. And now these bees instinctively are taking these jobs, the uh, these archetypes instinctively and they're little tiny brains that you can't even see they're so small so if they do this humans could absolutely have the capacity to also do this that is a simplistic model of a bee colony as there are more jobs than what i've mentioned uh, but they have existed in that structure for many thousands of years so hundreds of thousands of perhaps millions of generations and uh, they have a uh, many generations often, several per year. So I'm not sure about the queens. The queens can last a couple of years, I guess. So, but so they can genetically be wired for those specific jobs in that colony. Humans can't have that with our current society, with our jobs, but we can have the same wiring that the bees have for archetypes of types of positions within our human colonies. I would assume that our subconscious social structure is much more complicated than a bee's. There uh, may be many more types of archetypes and sub-archetypes and variants of archetypes that humans have, as well as different types of humans may have different combinations of these. Uh, perhaps even in a family, there will be different mixtures of these uh, genetic archetypes or predisposition to certain archetypes. Uh, what those archetypes are specifically are unknown. You know, they could be, like if you read Carl Jung, they could be the hero, the mother, the joker, or like my, I did a podcast on the Jesus archetype. There could be like a Jesus type archetype. Uh, there could be, uh, you know, the thief, the Jesus and the thief, the joker, the Jesus and the thief. <laughs> Is that a joke? I don't know. But uh, these genetically wired um, archetypes may not be restricted to personalities or genetic jobs. Carl Jung was, of course, batshit crazy, but some of his hypotheses are interesting. He built on some of Plato's works and his ideas and guessed that these archetypes could include any experience in human life. They could include general beliefs, uh, modes of reasoning, levels of confidence, and if you think of uh, confidence, it's just a belief in yourself, uh, your your social uh, structure. <laughs> Perhaps some uh, recurring messages that is passed down through our generations, our archetypes, like when, in our cultural stories, our art, our myths, religions, dreams, recurring um, archetypes in stories, recurring themes in stories, recurring themes in art. Or, or in, in the way we even tell stories, right? This is uh, an unlimited concept. It may have limits, but I do not know them. Therefore, it is unlimited to me. <laughs> Perhaps these genetically wired concepts are, uh, are instinctive archetypes are incomplete. Perhaps they are fragments of code that click together like Lego blocks. Perhaps some are already large constructs that make several blocks uh, are made of several blocks already clicked together. Uh, one of these concept blocks are, of course, schema, our bucket 
of those blocks would be our schemata. We can obviously consciously add to our schemata. That's the purpose of school, when they aren't brainwashing you. But my knowledge of electrical reactants and use of complex numbers, uh, which use imaginary numbers, like the square root of negative 1, you might think, well, how, how do you get the square root of negative 1? <laughs> how are you going to get a negative when you multiply two things together? If you, it, the square root is the same thing multiplied by itself twice, and the way you get a negative is by having a positive multiplied by a negative. So how's that possible? Hey. <laughs> so when you, when you use this type of math, it's, it's imaginary, right? It's, it's abstract. It's, it's, it's a dimension above the plane of normal, right? So to calculate, we use these to calculate real-life values of inductive and capacitive reactants in order to find the impedance of something. So when you hear audiophiles talk about the impedance of microphones, the impedance of the output to speakers, it is not a simple concept. And these guys need to uh, do a little bit of math to actually figure out what the, the concept actually is. But anyway, my point is this is not something that natural selection has wired into my genetics. I didn't instinctively know how to calculate the impedance of something using complex math and, and, and polar coordinates. But it's something that every physicist and every electrical engineer knows well, not because of genetic programming and your, your instinctive schemata, but because it is a forced schema or concept that we force ourselves to learn. We are taught it externally. So these schemas are concepts, are buckets of knowledge, are things that we can impose on ourselves, as well as instinctively activate depending on the, on the circumstance, right? So our, our brains clearly have the capacity to learn new things, like the names of things, the, the names of people we know, our names, the names of the street we live on, or the language that we speak. And then you start thinking the lang language we speak actually might start becoming uh, one of these hardwired uh, archetypes, not the language specifically, but the concept of language, the concept of using verbal noises to communicate. We are hardwired for this. Now, we aren't hardwired for any specific language, English, or Chinese, or Spanish, or some of the ugly ones like French, but we are hardwired for language as a concept, as a schema. So, I should crack open my old textbooks and uh, and and uh, refresh myself on math, as it was like doing Sudoku, Sudoku, so I don't know how you pronounce it, but uh, or crossword puzzles, because uh, it's it's good for your brain, right? And you you don't want to fight off Alzheimer's, because apparently we're all predisposed to get Alzheimer's, especially with these voodoo vaccines they're giving us now. Who knows? All right, the hypothesis. Maybe the vaccines don't cause Alzheimer's. Maybe they do. I don't know. But apparently there is some blood-brain barrier um, crossing that happens with some of the toxins that they put in specifically. So this could, is, is a, uh, uh, an area we should definitely study if we care about having Alzheimer's or we care about, uh, you know, autism or, or, or any of these mental uh, anomalies that may be caused by something that we are doing. We should investigate. There's no reason not to investigate something that we're doing that may be causing mental issues. There's no sound argument against that. Right. Anyways, so uh, I'm not saying that complex math stuff and, and the how we calculate impedance to make myself sound smart. Um, because there's a lot more people out there that know this. It's common 
in certain fields. It's like inside baseball. I'm saying it because it is probably uh, the most complex concepts that I was taught that I remember. So there was, of course, more math that I was taught uh, at the fringes of my understanding that I've lost because I never had a very solid grasp uh, back in the day. Uh, but I could work on it. I could hammer it out until I do have a solid grasp on it. And this is my point. Uh, we are uh, not born uh, knowing everything. We aren't born with this uh, collective consciousness where we know everything. We are born with a collective uh, or our, our uh, genetic code, which allows us to learn pretty much I wouldn't say anything because we're not going to know what the limits of our knowledge are in terms of what we can't know because then we would know what that is, right? So, but the, uh, we are definitely not born uh, tabula rosa. Now people say tabula rasa and I get it's probably tabula rasa looking where the origin of the word comes from, but tabula rasa just means born with a clean slate. Tabula is like, Greek or Latin or whatever it is for a tablet, like a chalk tablet that kids used to write on in school. And some still do today. You have a little, uh, a little chalkboard you write on, that's a tablet, right? You write on that and then you erase it. And uh, the word uh, rasa evolved into erase. So it's uh, an erased tablet. So this was a common expression back in the day. They would probably just say, you were born with an erased tablet. But since we use the old expression, we say tabula rosa or tabula rasa. I like to say Rosa. I don't know why. I think it was in a book I read, and I've heard other people also say Rosa. It just comes off the tongue easier than Rasa. Rasa. Rasafarian. Anyways, I think maybe it's a Mandela effect because, like I say, other people have, I've heard other people say Tabula Rasa. Rosa. Jesus. Anyways, so there was, uh, there's probably a book that some guy wrote that a few of us have read and it had, he mis, uh, wrote it as tabula rosa instead of tabula rasa. I'm not sure, but, but there's no arguing that we learn things regardless. So we are not born tabula ro- rasa, we, uh, but we, we can learn. And we are born with some instincts. There's no doubt about that, right? So I think uh, Carl Jung argued there might have been a difference between instincts and our collective consciousness. I'm saying... No, I mean, instinctive behavior probably is based on our, our learned or our learned, our, it wouldn't be learned, it'd be the opposite of learned, right? Your instincts would be based on something that you're genetically wired to know, or your schema, your schematas, your archetypes that you're wired to know. So, uh, speaking of people being wired to instinctively know things and genetic differences, uh, the nuances, I guess you would think. I, I, when I was at school in Hamilton, it was in Mohawk, I was taught complex numbers uh, by uh, a teacher, obviously. In, uh, and he taught about the, the complex math. And he was a Muslim, and he was a Middle Eastern ethnicity. I don't know specifically which country. Uh, we didn't really talk that much uh, about social stuff. Uh, but this dude had a solid grasp on the subject, all right, which was obvious. But that may not have anything to do with his being a Muslim or his Middle Eastern ethnicity, right? Because a lot of Middle Eastern people maybe don't know this stuff as well as he did, obviously, right? But the other guys in the class who were also Muslim of Middle Eastern ethnicities, 
seem to have a real easy time picking this stuff up, the, uh, the math that was required for that. So my observation was, at least for that small, uh, you know, unscientific uh, study, these guys may have genetically had a predisposition. They may have had easier access to certain schemas, which allowed that math to come easier to them. Now, I don't think the religion had anything to do with it, but I think perhaps their genetics might have, right? As you think of uh, algebra and a lot of our math does come from the Middle East, uh, so that could be an argument for the uh, genetic math-based schema or schematas. No, it's schemata. Schemata is already plural of schemas, right? So this is something that Marxists and leftists would probably put me against the wall and shoot me for observing and communicating, right? But it the uh, facts are facts. So the point is, it doesn't really matter what human occupation one takes. We are never born with a destiny to be a doctor or a lawyer, but we may have the genetic code for any occupation available to us, which may be activated by our subconscious like bees, or it may be activated by, you know, people who choose to do the the work and learn the math, right? Maybe people are just more like, oh, I got to do this, right? And it is grind. And then they appear to be more natural, like certain athletes appear to be natural athletes, but it's because they put in 10,000 hours doing it, right? Oh, it's natural to them. Yeah, but they put in 10,000 hours. Is that natural? If somebody else put in 10,000 hours, right? They would probably be just as, right? So, they, uh, they are activating the blocks of concepts wired into our genetics, and uh, they're forcing them to make larger concepts out of these smaller blocks, right? Clicking these blocks together to make larger structures, larger concepts, which allows them to now understand and make even larger concepts. You know, the, the, uh, the meta of knowledge, right? The more you know, the more you can know. We have these codes that uh, that may or may not be activated, stored in our DNA, and it's only to be activated based on need, as thinking takes a lot of energy, and we evolved from energy-scarce conditions. It appears our genetic wiring has wired us to be dumb, to think as little as possible. We can consciously activate this code by our physically doing the math or, or thinking or interacting in some social level or being thrust into some circumstance, which may or may not be a conscious activation. When you're in a certain circumstance, you may actually be instinctively activating it, right? So just as we, uh, you know, we may be an average idiot in the crowd, in a Gustavian crowd, and the circumstance may force us to feel the need to activate uh, a leadership archetype and all the uh, schemata that is required for that, which you know may force us to become more confident to speak up when we normally wouldn't. Uh, it requires activating our leadership schemata code. And if there was no need, then we would remain as one of the rank and file crowd, one of the low... Uh, base level, uh, standby mode, morons, right? So what causes this activation in humans? Probably the same thing that causes the activation in bees. 
instinct. Right now, we of course, I just went through how we can consciously force ourselves to do math, but I'm talking now about the the natural instinctive mechanism. You know, whatever the mechanism, it is apparently operated on a subconscious level. So, no one was born or destined specifically to be any specific occupation, yet we are all born and destined, perhaps for all occupations. The concept involved in the uh, design of a human that we are just scratching uh, the surface of uh, is mind-blowing. We are simply monkeys with chalkboards, tablets, tablets, tabula, tablets, tablets. Jesus, I can't say the word anymore. We are an adaptive creature, and that adaptiveness, if that's a word, adaptiveness, yeah, it's a word, appears to be by some design that is beyond our current understanding, whether that design was by aliens or natural selection or gods or whatever. It appears there is a design that is beyond our current understanding, and perhaps uh, we are choosing or instinctively choosing to not understand that because it burns energy and we may uh, not want to waste the resources <laughs> exploring something like that, right? But we are vastly more complex than I think we have the capacity to understand, or at least that I have the capacity to understand. Just as a bee is more complex than it, or yeah, that it can understand or cares to understand. The fact that we have this adaptability implies that there is a base lower energy level that we all take and only jump to higher levels that it is absolutely required instinctively or if we consciously choose to, and then do the work to force our minds to dig uh, and, and uh, dig out those Lego blocks and then click them together. It takes mental energy and physical energy because your brain consumes, <clears throat> it's like what, 20% or 25% or 30% of your, your energy resources. Otherwise, uh, if, if it didn't take so much energy, we would all be very, uh, quick to learn, which we are quick to learn a lot of things relative to uh, other animals, but some animals are much quick, much quicker. Like if you look at, uh, was it the uh, orangutans doing the number with the computers, the, the number of games and stuff? It's crazy. They're way faster than I think any human is capable of. So natural selection wants us to be efficient and burn only the minimum required energy, I would assume. Natural selection uh, or aliens or gods or whatever designed us wants us to be as dumb as possible or just as smart enough, just just smart enough, not just as, just smart enough uh, that is required to survive. Just smart enough to survive. That's all we need. That's all natural selection wants us to be because otherwise we're burning too much energy and that is a waste of energy and we have presumably evolved in scarce conditions. So this would explain... Uh, some of Gustave Le Bon's observations in his book, uh, The Crowd, which I've done a bunch of episodes on, as thinking more than the base level requires too much energy and uh, add to that our genetic predisposition to be mentally lazy, which may be the same phenomenon. It is a great challenge to get humans to think more than that base level. And no wonder the great masses are so uh, easily manipulated. We have to want to think. We have to consciously want to think, to examine, to explore something. Or else we're easily manipulated 
uh, with emotional appeals and all the other advanced propaganda techniques that are used on us. Or may perhaps not even that advanced, just basic propaganda techniques may work on us well if we are too lazy genetically. We are to think about things, to question things, right? So this is uh, perhaps a genetic design feature to burn the least amount of energy. We evolved uh, for this, you would think, because we trusted our tribe. Uh, they had our best interests at heart, or we had their best interests. We Everybody had collectively had our, our collective best interests at heart. This national level, uh, or worse, the globalist level of uh, system of I don't want to say governance uh, of society clearly no longer has the best interest uh, of the peons, the 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 low level thinking herd at heart. They are uh, pawns to be uh, thinned out, perhaps, or uh, to be used and and thrown out. Only when we realize that these uh, people who are making these decisions at the global, even the nationalist level, are no longer have our, our, our best interest at heart. They're, they're no longer our tribe. Will we force ourselves or allow ourselves to activate our code and crack open the, the mental library and blow the dust off a few books and start the arduous task of thinking new thoughts? <laughs> right. right. So what is our best defense? It's obvious uh, to learn as the old universities used to teach a broad general education to activate a broad base of schemata. But most uh, importantly, we need to learn reason and critical thinking and logic, which includes studying the logical fallacies and do the work. No one can do it for you. You can hire people to mow your lawn. You can hire people to fix your plumbing but you can't hire people to think for you.